0: this is can you relate with christine but it's less can you relate and more can you relate with christine welcome to attempt number 20 of recording today's podcast episode full disclosure Even the first ever episode that I recorded did not require this many attempts and do-overs. I don't know what it is about this episode. I even wrote all my notes down, all the different things that I wanted to discuss, which I haven't done in any of the previous episodes. And every time I would sit to record, nothing felt right. It felt like no matter how many times I would repeat the episode or how many notes i would write down it just felt like i couldn't get the right words to convey the message properly i didn't feel comfortable in my own skin whatever i was wearing i didn't like the way that i looked on camera i didn't like the way i sounded it was either too hot or too cold just it felt like nothing was working out so after i want to say 15 attempts or so yesterday i decided to call it quits maybe yesterday just was not the day (laughs) to record this episode but the thing is, the moment I decided to take a step back, all of the self-doubt and self-sabotage started to come up in my mind. I started to notice the, the voice in my head say things like, can I really talk about this topic enough for it to have value to whoever is listening? Or am I going to be rambling too much just, in, j- just for the sake of, of filling space or filling time in the episode? But then again, if I were to script and write things down, would it sound too rigid if I were going to read off of a script or read through my notes or like going back and forth between my notes and between just like rambling on how many topics could I likely come up with in order to keep this podcast going? It's just all of these doubts and thoughts kept coming up in my mind and this is a classic form of self-sabotage in the first episode when i talked about one of the consequences of the fear of being seen is the sense of overwhelm as a way for the ego to just keep things as they are to maintain the status quo this is how it's it was very subtle it's not like this big to-do list that i have to go through that's why i felt the sense of overwhelm it was a very subtle sort of hmm is there any substance behind what you're saying? Is there any value? Realistically, how many different things could you talk about? It was a very subtle kind of self-doubt in the ego's attempt to maintain the status quo, which is just not pursuing this project, not putting myself out there, and not getting outside of my comfort zone. This is why we are on take 20 right now. So this is just something that I wanted to, it's a lengthy intro and it's not even related to the topic of today's podcast. But this is something that I wanted to share because I feel like every time you find yourself wanting to start something new, you think that the most challenging part is taking that first step. And then after you've taken that first step, it's like, oh, okay, I got over the hard part and everything else is supposed to be easy. But no, it's like, it's not that it's not easy or it doesn't get easier with time and with practice but it's just a different form of overcoming this one particular challenge you just have to overcome it on different days in different variations it may look differently from one day to the other it may weigh differently from one day to the other but it will always be there and the more you're able to practice through it the easier the weight of it will become welcome back to can you relate (laughs) with an extremely long intro this episode the topic of today's episode is meditation i know completely different than the intro you would think that i was going to talk about self-sabotage and self-doubt but no meditation is what i feel like talking about today i can't meditate i have too many thoughts how many times have you personally used that excuse or how many times have you heard other people use that excuse on the topic of meditation I used that excuse for so long. I used to think that I was doing something wrong. Every time I would sit down to meditate and I would have like, the the floodgates would open and I would have so many thoughts and emotions come up. I would actually end up coming out of the meditation feeling a lot worse than I did when I sat down to meditate and to me it just felt like meditation was doing more harm than good so as much as I wanted to cultivate this habit that I knew was good for me and I was seeing so many other people talking about their meditation experience I thought that I was doing something wrong like why can't I do this if so many people can and that was a hard pill to swallow but Eventually, I decided to accept it, and I was, and I thought to myself, you know what, maybe I'm just not the type of person that can meditate. No, <laughs> that's not true. So the reason I'm telling you why it was how it started, because my journey with meditation went from I can't meditate because I can't sit still without any thoughts coming up, to right now I have a daily practice where I practice 30 minutes in the morning 30 minutes in the afternoon this is what it looks like on an ideal day mind you it's not set in stone it changes from one day to the next and I adapt my practice depending on circumstances and seasons of life which is something that I'm going to get into but how did I go Add oh <laughs> I'm a meditation instructor by the way so how did I go from I cannot sit down long enough to meditate to meditating twice a day and becoming a meditation instructor when the pandemic hit and we were moving in and out of lockdowns i joined a meditation group we were recycling through the 21 day meditation challenges that deepak chopra was Offering in collaboration with Oprah. And what was so nice about this group is we were holding ourselves accountable. So every time you would do day one or day two or day three or whatever, you just send it on the group. Even if you felt discouraged and you didn't feel like you were able to sit down and meditate, just seeing that other people were doing it, it felt very encouraging to be like, you know what, fine, let me do it. It's just 10 minutes. And the thing is that those meditations, they were, I think, on average they were like 15 minutes max 20 minutes and what's so nice is that there was a lengthy intro and there was a short outro so effectively you were really meditating by yourself in silence for five to seven minutes it's not like you were spending a lot of time sitting in stillness so that it was like a baby step into meditation and that was very very um, that was a very good place to start Doing those 21-day meditation challenges really cemented meditation as a daily ritual. Now it's a big part of what grounds me and what settles me and what makes me feel calm and collected and just stable. And this all started with, like I said, the 21-day meditation challenges. I would meditate for 10-15 minutes in the morning. Some days I would meditate twice a day just if I felt really overwhelmed and really anxious. But essentially the goal was to make sure that once a day was a non-negotiable. It became natural, it became something that I didn't even have to think about or I didn't even have to carve time out for. It was just part of my daily routine. And then once I was comfortable with 15 minutes, I increased it to 20. Once I was okay with 20, I would go up to 25. Once I was okay with 25, I'd go up to 30. So it took me a while to be able to find myself comfortable with sitting down for 30 minutes in the morning and meditating. But again, once this became something that was a natural part of my morning routine, I didn't have to think twice about it. It didn't take a lot of effort. It was just like brushing my teeth. It was mindless. Then I wanted to introduce a second meditation, one in the afternoon. So the morning meditation would be to kind of ground myself before I start the day. And the afternoon meditation, the intention would be to kind of um, bookend. I think that's the word. Would be kind of to... Book bookend the day and start to wind down from the day and prepare myself for the end of the day at first the afternoon meditations mornings were always 30 while i was trying to balance it out and the afternoons i would start with five minutes after a while 10 15 20 up until the point where 30 minutes felt comfortable and i got to a point my regular daily meditation practice was 30 minutes in the morning 30 minutes in the afternoon non-negotiable and everything would be scheduled around this time so if i had plans in the afternoon i would make sure that they would be after the time mark where i would sit down and meditate and it felt so good i felt very grounded i felt very settled but to be completely honest some days were more realistic to manage than others other days for example if i slept in if i woke up late if i had a lot on my plate i wouldn't meditate for 30 minutes in the morning I would sit down maybe for 10-15 minutes. Whatever felt acceptable. As long as I was able to carve out time to meditate, it didn't matter how long the meditation was. I just made sure that I sat down and meditate. Some days, both morning and afternoon were 30 minutes. Some days, I would only meditate in the morning if I felt like it was going to be too much of a rush for me to do so in the afternoon as well. So the more you try to force something the less natural it's going to feel as part of your routine and it's going to suck the passion and the joy out of it. Which is why as long the minimum that I would give myself is one meditation a day. It could be five minutes, 10 minutes. If I'm comfortable, 30 minutes. If I have a really flexible day, I'd meditate 30 minutes twice a day. But the thing is, there's always a margin for flexibility, for adapting, given the different circumstances, the seasons in life, the, the workload, even sometimes mental capacity. If I'm going to force myself to sit and meditate for 30 minutes in the morning, knowing that I slept in and I have a lot on my plate that day, I won't be able to enjoy the meditation because I'm going my mind is going to be focused on what's going to happen after the meditation or what I have to do or how much time I have to get ready or to get start with my day what the hell I mean that I'm gonna feel rushed throughout my meditation I'm not gonna enjoy it I'm gonna feel rushed when I come out of the meditation so don't force it whatever it is just find a version of it that feels good that feels right that feels natural and just go with it and just adapt on the go. So the thing about meditation just like movement, you have different types of movements. You have training in the gym, you have yoga, you have swimming, you have running, you have pilates, you have bar. Just like there are different types of movement, there are different types of meditation. You have walking meditation, you have visualization meditation, you have an intention meditation where you focus on a specific affirmation or intention and you keep repeating that. You have a mantra meditation. So there are different types of meditation and what worked for me, visually- Visualization meditation is actually very fun because it's like daydreaming but the thing that settles me the most is a mantra meditation and usually it's one where there's no meaning and why no meaning? Because it limits the mental activity because I won't find myself having thoughts about this specific meaning. So for example, if I were to repeat the affirmation I am brave or I am courageous, at some point I will start to think about the how I would define courage or different moments in my life where I was or wasn't courageous so it's kind of like it's kind of like I'm tempting my mind to to stray or to wander with thoughts. And that's why I would rather just meditate with something, with a mantra that has no meaning. It could be a sound. It could be just om as you inhale, om as you exhale. It could be even just focusing on the the movement of my belly as I breathe. Or it could simply be counting one, two. One as I inhale and two as I exhale. This way, the count, there's no meaning behind it whatsoever. So it's not like you can just wander away and get lost in thought and the thing is meditation just like any other practice it differs some days are good days some days are bad days but i think the the common mistake that people make is that they think that they're meditating wrong or they're doing something wrong or that there is a right way to meditate and a wrong way to meditate that's the thing there is no right way to meditate there is no wrong way to meditate whatever experience you are having when you sit down to meditate is the right experience for you in that moment in time. How do you know that that's true? Because that's the experience that you're having. It really is as simple as that. There are days when I sit down, when in hindsight, I would have compartmentalized a lot of thoughts or I've been ignoring a lot of thoughts or emotions. And when I sit down to meditate, all of these thoughts and and emotions, they start to come up. I know that that's what I need in that moment in time because I need to let go of everything that I had been repressing or just brushing under the rug. Other days, when I feel a bit more grounded going into the meditation, I don't have as many thoughts come up. Or if they do come up, they're not as overwhelming as they would be on any other day. Now, when you set your intention to meditate, intention in general, not necessarily right before every single meditation, even though you can set an intention before every single meditation practice. Like I said, there's no right, there's no wrong. But once you set your intention to meditate, set the intention and then just let it go. Let go of any expectations, let go of the need to look for a specific experience because the more you're going to attach yourself to an expectation or the more you're going to look for something in particular, you're just going to be putting all of your focus on that and you're going to be taking away from the actual experience in the meditation which is to just sit in stillness, repeat the mantra and just be. And the thing is, this is something that I was journaling about a while ago, and it's a reflection that I've written it down and I always remind myself of it whenever I'm going to sit down and meditate, whether I read it or I just mentally remind myself of it. And even I wrote it down in the notes to make sure that I don't butcher it as I'm repeating it. Meditation is a practice. You don't meditate for the practice. You meditate for the benefits that you get outside of the practice. The mind is a muscle, and the more you practice it, the stronger it'll become. Just like when you exercise, you reap the benefits outside of the actual exercise. You don't meditate for the experience during your meditation. You meditate for the quality of your experience outside of your meditation. When I remind myself of this, as I right before I go into my meditation, whether it's in the morning or in the afternoon, I feel lighter going into the meditation because I'm able to go in without any expectations, reminding myself of what I'm going to get out of this practice isn't right now in the next 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes. What I'm going to get out of this practice is after I come out of it, during the rest of the day, tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, this week, this month, whatever it is, it is a practice. The more you do it, the better you'll be. It's not the better you'll become at it, but the more you do it, the the more seamless the benefits of it will be present in your life i don't know if that made sense i hope that made sense (laughs) so speaking of experiences in meditation there are four experiences that you could have during your meditation experience the first one is mental activity now mental activity whenever you sit down to meditate you may notice thoughts emotions even physical sensations like tingling or your body twitching or swaying back and forth, anything that comes up to you within the first few moments of sitting in absolute stillness is just your mind and body's way of releasing stress. Anything that comes up within those first few moments of stillness is just your mind and body's way of shifting away from doing and coming back to being. We are human beings at the end of the day. We're not human doings. So you can think of meditation as kind of a homecoming so mental activity whether you're thinking this song reminds me of that one time i was out with that person and then it's just we were having italian food oh that pasta was so good oh my god i want to go to italy i've never been there it's on my bucket list oh you know what what else is on my bucket list hmm, you know what i realize i haven't planned any trips for for the next few months i should start planning trips wait how are the ticket prices these days oh my god wait i need to adjust my budget if i'm going to travel in the next few months so it's very very <laughs> simple to go from one single thought to like a whole narrative in your mind that's why you come back to repeating a mantra which is the second experience during a meditation, repeating a mantra. I'm talking about mantra meditation. I'm not talking about visualization meditation or walking or whatever. I'm talking strictly about a mantra meditation. So when you repeat the mantra it's kind of like, imagine the the pendulum swinging back and forth. It's a dance, right? So it's a dance between, it's a very subtle, very gentle back and forth between the thoughts and the mental activity and between the repetition of the mantra. So your mind will wander. It's impossible not to have any mental activity or any thoughts. If you have no thoughts, you're dead. So I mean, let's be realistic. You're, you're going to sit down in stillness. You're going to sit down to meditate. Expect thoughts, okay? So <laughs> it's this gentle back and forth between the thoughts and repeating the mantra. Whenever you find that your mind has wandered away from the mantra, it's fine. Don't be mean to yourself. Don't bully yourself. Don't judge yourself. Don't be too critical. Just gently come back to it because a few moments later, it's going to wander again. So it's this, like I said, it's this gentle back and forth. So the first experience in meditation is mental activity, second is repeating the mantra, and the third is falling asleep. If you fall asleep while you're meditating, that's why it's best to meditate while you're sitting upright, this way you're not tempting yourself to fall asleep. But if you find that you're falling asleep often while you're meditating, it means that your body is not getting enough restful sleep, which means that there's something in your lifestyle that needs to change. And the fourth experience is what is called slipping into the gap. So this is when you're not repeating your mantra, but you're not asleep. It's kind of like you you zoned out. You don't know exactly where you were. This is the gap. This is the space in between the thoughts. And how do we know that there is space between the thoughts? Because if there weren't, all thoughts would be overlapping. So there is a gap between thoughts. It's very, very small, but the more you meditate, the more you're able to widen this gap. So, and you can't have more than one thought at a time. You, you can go from one thought to the next pretty quickly, but they don't overlap. So this gap, this space between the thoughts, is the field of pure consciousness, of pure existence, pure being. It's the field of infinite possibilities. It's kind of like when you jump into the pool... And then you come out of the pool and you're covered in little droplets of water. This is what it's like when you come out of the gap. So, after a while, these droplets are gonna dry back up, and then you go back into the water, come back, more droplets. So, this is an example that I heard someone use about what it's like when you meditate and you go into the field. Sometimes you might notice, like, it it feels really obvious that you slipped into the gap sometimes it might be very subtle sometimes you might not even slip into the gap but slipping into the gap is the fourth experience that you could have in a meditation so the thing is it's not like you're going to sit down and meditate and you get to pick and choose which one of these four experiences you're going to have no (laughs) that is not how it works whatever experience you have will be the experience that you need to have in that given moment in time you need to have these thoughts, having these thoughts at the beginning of your meditation, or maybe even throughout the entire meditation experience, this is important because we're so used to constantly doing and making sure that everything that we do is productive and we're always on the move and we're always compartmentalizing thoughts and emotions and just like brushing everything under the rug. We don't give ourselves a chance to really deal with all of these things. So when we sit in stillness, it's not a bad sign that you have all of these thoughts come back up. If anything, it's a very good sign. It's like, imagine there's a lot of pressure in a pipe and there's so much pressure that the pipe is going to burst. But after the pipe bursts, the, the flow of, of water is, is very chill. It's, very, it's like a very soft stream of water. That's the exact same thing. There with all the water, let's call it the thoughts are the water and the pipe is the mind. (laughs) So when you have all of these thoughts, all of this water building up in the pipe and there's no release, it's going to burst. But after this initial burst, everything will be like a steady stream of, of, uh, of water, steady stream of thoughts. So if you want to start meditating, one thing that worked for me is before I would meditate, I would sit for 10 minutes in absolute silence, I would sit on my balcony, I would sit in my room, I just look out into nature, look out into the buildings, whatever, I would just sit and give these thoughts the opportunity to come up to the surface, I would daydream, whatever I needed to do, I would just give 10 minutes to like dedicate it to mental activity, then when I feel like it's more of a steady stream rather than like a bursting pipe then i would sit down and meditate and there are a lot of options on youtube on spotify if you want to start and meditate but the easiest thing is just put a timer literally just put five minutes even if the, the five minutes it's going to be filled with thoughts let it be filled with thoughts. Five minutes. Once these five minutes start to feel very natural, you can increase it to 10. Once that feels very natural, you can increase it to 15. If 15 minutes is all you can dedicate comfortably without rushing, then do it. Your meditation does not have to look like mine. It does not have to look like anyone else's. Your meditation needs to look like something that feels comfortable and manageable and sustainable for you. As I wrap up, no to meditation experiences will ever be the same but in a way that's what makes it exciting not knowing what to expect except a kind of homecoming except knowing that whatever your experience is going to be like in the moment the true benefits of it are outside of the practice as you can tell i feel very strongly about meditation it's a personality trait at this point if i go a few days without meditating at least once a day, I just feel off-center. If you've been wanting to start your meditation journey, if you've been wanting to cultivate a meditation practice, maybe now is the time. Thanks for listening. See you next time.